Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another excellent edition of the Sport Huddle brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sport. Um, I'm Ian Marsden, your host, and this week we've got some absolute quality for the punditry. We have Stuart Taylor and Tony Chalk. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. Just wondering where the quality is, but still. (laughs) Still to the right. Don't put yourself down. Um, so this week we're going to be talking some local football as the, the league programme gets back after the international break. Um, we'll also have a look at the Ashes squad that was picked last week um, for an Ashes tour that actually still might not go ahead, depending on um, on things COVID related. Um, and then we'll have a look at the Rhinos season gone and looking forward to next year. So we'll start with local football. We'll start with Leeds United, who, after winning their first game of the season against Watford before the international break, travel down to Southampton um, for their next fixture. And Tony, it's it looks very winnable. Yeah, um, you've got to say that the next three or four games all look very winnable, really, because I think they've got is it Wolves, Leicester, and Norwich the next three after that in. Not, not necessarily in that order, but um, uh, none of whom are sort of above mid-table. Uh, Southampton haven't won this season, I think, uh, uh, and uh, after a series of draws, they lost the last two matches, so they're not obviously in the best of form. They're, they're the side that are immediately below Leeds. Um, so you would say that definitely it's one that they would be hoping to, to, to win. Um, not sure what the uh, makeup of the side is going to be. I don't know what the, uh, whether either of you guys have picked up on the fitness, but I'm assuming that Calvin Phillips is going to be fit since it was only a, a minor injury that kept him out of the England squad. Um, so if, if Leeds are, uh, are at strength, then uh, you, you've got to say that they'd have a, a, a decent chance down there. I mean, obviously, Southampton do have some threats and they had a, a, a pretty good season last year. Um, or there's somewhat up and down season as I remember, but, 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 but they I think were top. They played, yeah, they were, that's right. Yeah, they were they top, top at one point, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, uh, they're certainly a side that Leeds would be hoping to beat. And, uh, I would think they'll go down there with, with a great deal of confidence. And, uh, interestingly this morning, actually, I, I saw an interview with, uh, with the, uh, the owner, Radrizani, who was interviewed on a, um, a, uh, a business program on Sky News this morning, uh, and they were talking mainly about his business, but they did stray onto football. And uh, he, he told me something I didn't know, which augurs well for the future, which is that uh, in the last England under 21 squad, apparently Leeds ha- had four players uh, in the starting team and two on the bench. So it does look as though there's a lot of uh, uh, good youth players coming through the system, which uh, does augur well for the future. It really does. I mean, I think that's one of Bielsa's things is that he likes to bring through the academy players. They they get leads. They they you know they know the town. They know the city. Um, and it's um, brilliant that they've got that many in the under twenty one squad because the under twenty ones is a path to the to the first team. So. Um, other games this week in the Premier League, Watford-Liverpool, there's a uh, West Midlands derby, uh, Villa against the Wolves, uh, Leicester play Man U, Man City play Burnley, Norwich are playing Brighton, and then there's the West London derby played in the first time in the league in, I think it's 70-odd years, Brentford against Chelsea. 
So uh, that looks um, interesting. Um, Stuart, um, yeah, briefly, your thoughts on Leeds so far and and you expect them to beat Southampton? Um, well, I think it's difficult to pre- predict, I guess, what's going to happen. But uh, I mean, so far, uh, it's been a bit of a struggle for Leeds, I think. Um, it was great that they could get the first win under their belt uh, immediately before the international break against Watford, against a, a pretty poor Watford side, I have to say, who immediately after the game dismissed uh, their manager. But um, although the, um, the, uh, the the Watford executive remind me of uh, Cellini, uh, the former Leeds chairman, who uh, I think. Uh, Changed his manager more times than uh, I, I changed my socks. Um, but um, no, it was good for them. To, it was good to see that they got their um, first win on the belt. I, I, I'm with Tony, actually. I, I think it really does depend on uh, what side they can turn out and whether Phillips is fit. I guess he will be. Uh, I'm not sure whether Patrick Bamford's back to fitness yet. And I'm sure everything will be crossed that uh, Rafinha comes back from uh, South America. Uh, in a hale and hearty fashion, because uh, there's no doubt that he's been the outstanding player uh, for, for Lee so far this season. And, uh, They're playing Friday night, Saturday morning, our time. There is no chance he can play against Southampton. Oh, I, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, having said that, uh, I, I was I was pleased to see that uh, Dan James uh, scored for Wales actually, and and and, and yes. before. Uh, well in, in the um, World Cup qualifiers, and of course he's a player that uh, Bielsa was keen on uh, almost right from the outset, actually. And uh, yeah. we, we know that the transfer fell down at the last minute, uh, about 18 months ago, in that January window. But he's got him now, and uh, clearly, uh, clearly believes that um, you know he's got the attributes that can contribute. And um, um, yeah, it'd be good to. I'm, I'm sure. He's likely to start on Saturday, particularly if Rafinha's not there, and uh, I look forward to good things from him. Uh, it, it'll be a tough game. It'll be a tough game, but um, I, I think Leeds will go down there with confidence, and uh, I think it'll be tight, but um, yeah. one will do it. One nil will do it. Thank you very much, Stuart. We'll move into the championship, where we, as in Leeds Hospital Radio, will be at the John Smith Stadium, Huddersfield Town take on Hall City. Um, our Chairman Andy Mason will be there. Um, I forget who he's with, um, but Huddersfield—they've had—they've had a really good start considering what last season was like. So against Hull City, who have only won like two games all season, Huddersfield should be expecting to take all three points there. Do you think that would be the case, Tony? Well, on paper, you'd say so, but we, we all know they don't play the game on paper. Yeah, hollow down somewhere, I think, not far above the relegation zone, from from what I recall. So they've clearly not had the best of starts. But um, you're, you're always a bit wary. I, I always used to be a bit, bit wary when uh, Leeds used to play teams like Barnsley and Hull and uh, uh, one of the Sheffield, either of the Sheffield sides, because there's, there's always this, I know Hull are sort of 50 miles away, but it's still kind of local derby-ish territory, isn't it, against yeah. another Yorkshire side. And you can get some funny results. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if if, if, if uh, things went uh, went pear-shaped. But uh, on paper, certainly you'd, you'd expect that Huddersfield uh, should come out of that with three points, yeah. Definitely. Um, I'll stay in the Championship. Stuart, um, we were talking off-air, but I think, you know, while we're on air, uh, you're a Preston North End fan and football 
and horse racing lost one of its greats in um, Trevor Hemmings, the owner of Preston North End. Um, if you want, give give me a couple of minutes eulogy on on him as a man and uh, as an owner of your football club. Yeah, I mean, just before I do that, I, I'd say that um, uh, just on the whole, I mean, they they, they were promoted from uh, League One uh, last uh, last at the end of last season, uh, and uh, actually went to Deepdale first game of this season and uh, won four uh, nil. Uh, against Preston, so I, I immediately predicted him for automatic promotion on the back of that uh, uh, <laughs> victory. But uh, then they proceeded uh, for the following six games, they, they didn't score a goal, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went with a, a, a nine-game sequence without a win, and ended it against Middlesbrough uh, uh, just before the international break with a win. But uh, uh, so, yeah, um, Town uh, got a great opportunity to uh, continue their good start to the season. But, uh, no, the serious point about uh, Trevor Hemmings is that, uh, yeah, that he, he's um, there's no doubt that he rescued uh, Preston uh, when they were in really dire straits. I think it was in about 2010. They were facing a winding up petition from HMRC over unpaid uh, debts. And uh, he'd gradually built up his shareholding, I think, over time. And um, in 2010, he, he stepped in and um, uh, negotiated the sale uh, or the purchase, should I say, of uh, um, uh, of the outstanding remaining shares, um, which included 100 shares that um, my dad and I owned. I think he, he paid us he, he paid us 5p a share. <laughs> For a hundred shares, which was uh, which I thought was at the time was pretty um, uh, pretty miserly. But um, you know, he stepped in. He's a lifelong supporter. He's put his money where his mouth is. Um, he's invested over time. He's invested thick end of forty million pounds in the club, um, and, and really, you know, not expecting a lot back. Um, and the, the, the management structure there has, has, has been very, very clear. He's the owner. He brought in Peter Ridsdale, and any Leeds fans listening to it probably now be booing. Uh, but but he, he brought Ridsdale in as his sort of football representative. And the uh, the manager, whoever the manager was, just reported straight through to, to Ridsdale and then onward to uh, to Trevor Hemming. So it's a very, very clear structure. There were no directors of football. And I think the various managers that have gone through the club uh, since that structure was, was put into place, which includes Simon Grayson uh, and Alex Neal, you know, they, they speak very highly of that uh, of that structure. And I think it attracted to them to the club in that they, they knew exactly where they stood and um you know they knew that they were in charge of the day-to-day operation they answered through to ridsdale and onward to hemmings and there were no sort of uh, outside influences so uh, no it, it it was a it was a very very sad day on on, on um, um when i heard that uh, earlier on in the week and uh, he'll be remembered you know as i know i know owners football owners you know get a bad press but uh He'll be remembered really, really fondly at, uh, at Preston, and uh, I just hope that uh, his, his son actually is chairman now. He's put a, he's, so he's put a sort of succession plan in place. Um, so his son Craig is, is chairman, and uh, we, as, Preston, as a Preston fan, I just hope that uh, you know uh, that that investment uh, from the family and, and that family presence will will continue for for a long time. 
Brilliant. Thank you, Stuart. And um, may he rest in peace as well. He he also owned um, a lot of horses and he won the Grand National um, three times, wasn't it, Tony, um, that he yep. won? Do, you, right, does, do so. either of you know of the horses that won? Or? Yeah, Bella uh, Briggs, Briggs was certainly, one. because, oh, because yeah. I backed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, many Clouds and... Uh, I can't remember the third one, but uh, his colours are um, green and white and yellow um, sort of checks, and uh, are famous on certainly famous on the race course. And, uh, yeah, and I think, I think yeah. he won a race at the Cheltenham Festival this year as well. He uh, did. He did indeed. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, cloth cap. Such sad news, but um, yeah, may he rest in peace. Um, moving into League Two, uh, Bradford are at home and they're playing Bristol Rovers. This week and Harrogate Town, who are absolutely on fire this season so far, they're away at Colchester after beating Scunthorpe six-one last week. And it, no word of a lie, they were like three 0 up after fifteen minutes. And was it five 0 at half time? I think yeah. it was, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Harrogate Town are storming <clears throat> it this season. Yeah, and they, they, they look good, don't they? Um, uh, they, they must be delighted. They must be wondering if all the Christmas have come at once, really. Uh, yes. Into the league last year, no real problems at all. All was sort of in the upper half of the table, I think, pretty much all the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, they, they, they made a, a terrific start. Um, their last two matches, obviously, they've played sides right down the bottom, and, and they've got another one coming up now in Colchester, I, I think, or uh, somewhere in the in the nether region. I think when I looked, yeah. they'd, they'd, uh, I think they got one point out of the last four matches or something, so they're not exactly in the best of form. Um, no. So Harrogate will certainly be going down there, I think, with a lot, lot of confidence and, 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 and hoping to uh, to get the result there. Um, Bradford City, I don't know, I can't remember mind. I sort of look at the I, I look at the reports and, and, and uh, the scores and things like that, and uh, they seem to sort of flatter to deceive on occasions. And, and this is the sort of game on on Saturday against a team that's I think just below them in the table. That you, with it being a, a Valley Parade, you'd, you'd hope that they would win, um, but. You know, you sort of think, is it going to be another one-one draw or something like that? Um, yeah. So they I think they've yet to convince this season, Bradford City. Mm. I think so, definitely. Um, they um, Bristol Rovers won last week as well, and that was their first win of the season. Mm. I think so. They're going to be on a high coming up here. Um, it is um, FA Cup fourth qualifying round day uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, on this weekend, sorry, and uh, I only mention that because my boys are away at Tamworth. Um, but there's a couple of local games of interest. Um, York City are at home to Morpeth Town, and Pontefract Collieries are playing FC Halifax Town. So mm. that's um, that's a Yorkshire derby if ever there was one, even with my geography knowledge. Um, so. There's some good games to look forward to there in the FA and Cup. And the first round draw is on Sunday. Yeah, don't forget Geisley in. Geisley are in there too. Geisley, I can't think who they're oh, playing. there they are. They're playing Brackley Town away. Yeah. Brackley Town. Yeah. And um, those football historians, Corinthian casuals, who were the original Corinthians, and they're at home in the FA Cup to St Albans City. Um, ah. So keep an eye out for them um, <laughs> uh, as you watch the FA Cup. So we'll leave football. Um, 
And I know it's October, but we are going to talk cricket. And we're going to talk about the Ashes squad that was um, named during the past week or so. Um, so you guys, was there any surprises? Um, any shock omissions? Um, that's a very good question. Uh, probably not. Um, I mean, the, you sort of look at that squad and you think, um, was it the, 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 the definition of insanity is doing the same thing that's failed before and doing it all over again. And, and, uh, that's pretty much what we're doing here, isn't it? I think because uh, we're sending a side out to Australia with one bowler of any real pace who's of sort of doubtful fitness durability no wrist spinners um uh, and a rather sketchy batting lineup and, and expecting them to challenge for the ashes which on the face of it doesn't look too hopeful but that being said um of course uh the guys that they would have picked in joffrey archer and ollie stone for for, for pace are not fit ben stokes Certainly at the moment, uh, as far as we know, isn't fit and hasn't been named in there. The door seems to have been left ajar. Um, so uh, you kind of think, should they have gone with someone like Parkinson to, to, to add a bit of uh, variety to that spin attack? Uh, I suspect he's going to be in the Lions squad, which will be out there. So I suppose he might be available in that sense. Uh, and, and the batting, I, 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 I scratch my head as to why Dan Lawrence is in there, although apparently he has played well in Australia on occasions in the past. But to me, he doesn't look an international batsman at all, uh, unless he does something about his technique. Um, uh, and and that you, so having said all that, uh, you then come back to who else? Uh, and of course, there's nobody knocking the door down. Uh, which is why we've gone with, you know, uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, who are both pretty long in the tooth. Um, 39 and 35. Exactly. Um, but at the moment, there ain't anybody better. Uh, no, so uh, I, I don't think you can really criticise the uh, the selection, but uh, it doesn't exactly inspire me with confidence. It reminds me, Stuart, this squad... Reminds me of the squad that went, and I think I mentioned this last week, or um, the fact that it looks like the 86-87 squad that went, you know, the squad that couldn't bat, <laughs> yes. couldn't bowl and couldn't field. Um, and we ended yeah. up winning that Test Series 2-1. Um, yeah, well. It would take a miracle, wouldn't it, if that happened again? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, David Bumble Lloyd uh, a couple of days ago when he saw the uh, squad, he was apoplectic, and uh, he just came out with the, with uh, the classic. They've picked a, a squad of blockers, medium paces, and short finger spinners, which is <laughs> probably just about right. And the, the first three players, I have to say, on his list would have been Saqib Mahmood, um, Matt Parkinson, and Liam Livingston. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and as he said, it's not just because I'm a Lancaster. <laughs> but uh, I, actually, I mean, I agree entirely with Tony, actually, because I, I've just written down in my notes before when I was having to think about this beforehand, you know, who else is knocking on the door? I don't think there is anybody. And, and you know, I think that's highlighted by the fact that, uh, 
you know, David Milan, who they've gone back to David Milan now, who was probably, you know, 18 months ago, he'd had his go and uh, seemed to be out of uh, out of the test side. He's now back in and and I'm sure probably will play, I would think, on the 8th of December. Mm. And uh, they've gone with Don Betts. Uh, as, mm. as, as mm. a second, as mm. a second support spinner to Jack yeah. Leach, who hasn't bowled a ball in Test cricket for goodness knows how long. Mm. So mm. it's, um, but you know, with the injuries to, you know, Plan A definitely was and has been for some time to go with a fast, with a pace battery. Uh, that's really been um, uh, thrown out of the window by injuries to Joffrey Archer and uh, and Ollie Stone. So they've they've, they've only got Mark Wood now. Uh, and uh, as Tony quite rightly said, you know, his uh, his um, his um, track record in, in terms of getting him on the the field uh, for consecutive uh, matches is not great. So it's uh, I'm not sure really the selectors had any you know any anywhere else to go really. I think all we can hope for is that the Aussies have got their own. Um, um, own issues, uh, you know. The question mark over Justin Langer. There's some rumblings about whether you know, he will uh, continue to coach Australia. There's some question marks over David Warner. Uh, will they select him? Will he not? They rely heavily on Steve Smith and, uh, and Labuschagne for the batting, but I wish we could rely heavily on <laughs> Steve Smith and Labuschagne, too, frankly. Uh, and, and also, there are probably the same fitness questions over there. Uh, fastball battery of uh, Hazelwood. Uh, Cummings and Stark, but I have to say, if on the 8th of December, uh, Rory Burns and uh, Hamid are walking out to open in the batting against Hazelwood, Stark and Cummings, I reckon we're going to be two down before too long, <laughs> at, mm. at least. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's not the best squad it's not the worst squad, but um, I think it's just going to be a t- if the if the series does go ahead, which I think it will. I'm, I'm sure both both uh, parties will bend over to ensure it does. And I think it's going to be tough. Uh, just one thing on the Lions, Tony. Um, uh, the Lions squad has been uh, announced today, and Matt Parkinson, ah. Matt Parkinson is in it. The mm. surprise omission for me, with looking at Yorkshire cricketers, Matt Fisher's in. Mm. Harry Brooks not. Really. And I'm really, really surprised about that. I think that's astonishing. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was nailed on. He's I think that's absolutely astonishing. PCA Young Cricketer of the Year, Cricket oh, Young Cricketer right. of the Year. He's just got his contract with um, uh, in, in, in Tasmania, Hobart, yeah, Hobart the, yeah. the Aussie mm-hmm. Bash. But I looked at it today. I had to read it three times because I thought he was mm-hmm. nailed on for it. Um, so... Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm absolutely convinced that uh, once we get this T20 World Cup out of the way and England start building up for, for the next T20 in whenever it is, three or four years' time, then I think Brooke is penciled in. I would mm. imagine next year for, for a run in the side, they'll have a look mm. at him white ball. But, he, but, but he's more than a white ball player. That's yeah, yeah. So um, I, that's, um, I, I was stunned, I have to say. Mm. To, to yeah. Say that. yeah. Who, Even who, who, I mean. Harry yeah. Brooks has been outstanding, hasn't he? So yeah. it's just yeah, yeah. Sibyl yeah. is in there. Uh, yeah, Bracey, who had a well, he uh, can't bat and can't keep, so I'm not quite sure what he's doing in there. <laughs> so he had a he had a brief go. I'll, I'll just see if I can uh, yeah fire it up, but I'll 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 give you the squad whilst uh, whilst we're on. Yeah, so the squad Abel, 
Uh, Tom Abel, Somerset. Mm-hmm. Oh, J- Josh yeah. Behanan, the Lancastrian. I think he's that's that's he's, a good he's, selection. He's, he's had a decent season, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's earned his uh, his place. Bracey, Bryden Cars, Mason Crane, Matthew Fisher, Ben Folks, Alex Lees is in the squad. Really? Ah, yeah, he's done well recently, yeah. Yeah, uh, Saki Mahmood, Liam Norwell, um, who I think is highly rated, isn't he, at uh, Warwickshire? Matt Parkinson, Dom Sibley, Jamie Smith from Surrey, who scored a lot of runs. Yes. And, uh, Rob Yates uh, from Warwickshire. Warwickshire. They, mm. yeah, they, they do say that Dom Sibley is not the best opener at Warwickshire. That, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that, that Rob, Rob Yates yeah. is. I think yeah. it's five, five centuries this year. So yeah. Staying with cricket, um, the county championship is going back to two divisions for next summer. Um, and it goes to how the championship would have looked had 2020 happened. So in 2019, for example, my boys Nottinghamshire finished bottom of Division 1. So that means that Nottinghamshire will be in Division 2 next summer. Um, I don't know why, but Division 1 has 10 counties, Division 2 has 8. Um, the guaranteed Yorkshire-Lancashire-Roses game is there, um, and not to play in Leicestershire and Derbyshire, so there's an East Midlands battle royale. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on coming back to two divisions? I think it's um, I think it's what cricket needs. Yeah, I think they had to do it. There was some talk that they might use next year as a transition, wasn't there, and go back to it after that. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a great fan of ten and eight. Uh, I mean, I know the problem they have with two nines is that you've always got one side sat on its backside while the others are playing, I suppose, and that, that, that's probably what takes them away from that. Uh, but it does mean that in in the second division, obviously, everybody plays each other home and away. Yeah. In the first division, I think it's, are you going to play five teams home and away and, and four you'll only play once or something like that? Is that how it's going to work? Uh, which is never great. I mean, you know, if the football league championship, the premiership was decided where you only played certain teams twice. Uh, yeah. I think everybody would regard it as perhaps not being a fair test. So I, I'm not a great fan of that. But of course, uh, if they were going to play each other home and away, then they'd have to play 18 matches and... Uh, we can't do that with all the white ball cricket there is to fit in, of course. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think they've uh, they've gone in the right direction. I'm not quite sure about the, the the structure of it. I suppose the downside is that last year every team had a chance of winning the championship. Next year, um, eight teams don't have any chance of winning the championship before it starts, uh, which which is unfortunate. Um, but uh, it is two up, two down. So you know, there's second. Uh, division teams. I mean, you've got a 25% chance of being promoted, so yeah. there is a fair incentive there for the second division. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I think it had to go back to that uh, eventually. And uh, rather than sort of argue about that, I think my argument would be more that uh, no doubt we're going to be playing what 14 games, probably seven of them in April and May, four of them in September, and, and the other three in June, July that, and August, and that yeah. would be more my contention that that, that is wrong. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Couldn't agree more. I'm yeah. not too concerned about the makeup. actually. I, I quite enjoyed the, um, uh, the the format that we've seen in the last couple of years. But absolutely right, Tony. You know, we, we are not going to be able to prepare our cricketers for test cricket uh, at the edges of the season because, you know, it's medium paces who predominate. 
uh, at the beginning and end. Uh, you know, you don't you just don't get the chance to develop your fast bowlers to your bowlers of real pace and crucially your spinners. You know, it's dry pitches in the summer that your that your spinners come into play, as do your quick bowlers. At the at either end of the season, you get players like great good players and good county men that they are, but you get the likes of Rushworth at, at, at Durham who just run in, put it on a length medium pace and take wicket out after wicket. They just move it away, get nick off, caught behind in the slips and, you know, that's not the way to prepare um, players for test cricket. Um, it isn't. It and isn't. And like like you said, April and May and then September, so basically the summer months, you know, the, the months that are actually the warmest and the hottest and the less rainy um, are just given over to to white ball T20, the one day cup, and and that abominably the hundred thing. So it's yeah. um yeah. It also is. Go on, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to, to follow up on that point, I read somewhere I think it was in a cricketer magazine actually. It was Graham Thorpe, the England batting coach, was was talking about Joe Root, who played. Did he play three or four county matches at the start of the season? He did. Yeah, yeah. and he was saying they they. When Root came back to England, they realised that um, he'd actually changed his technique and they had to sort of work on that because because the ball was coming through slower, he was, he was facing medium paces, mm. his, his technique has changed and he was struggling as a, in the nets before it was, he, he's had a fantastic season test-wise, but they just had to just sort of perform a, a tweak in his technique to get him back to ready to face the uh, the quicks in test cricket so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting stuff it um, is it's almost like test cricket is or at least the four day county championship stuff it's almost like it's like uh just you know annoying an annoyance that needs to happen but they mm-hmm. wish they could get rid of it almost and um i think it's a sad state of affairs when when that happens. Um, Stuart, we've got about a minute. So um, the Rhinos reached the semi-finals, um, which is a lot better than many expected. Um, do you think they can go one better next year? Uh, well, I, I, I really do hope so. I, I think at the end, I think Rhinos probably, uh, probably overperformed, uh, given the, well, should I'm not sure that's fair. Overachieved. They had a horrible start to the season, didn't they? With, yes, with they did. Yeah. And, and and so on and so forth. So I think they did well to 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 uh, to recover the position and uh, qualify for the playoffs at the end of the season. But I I think what I would say Ian is that uh, Saint Helens and Catalans were by far uh, the two strongest teams, and I think that was yeah. witnessed in the in the two semi final results actually because both teams. Even in playoff semi-finals, you know where the where the pressure's on, they both won comfortably. Uh, yeah. I, I thought Rhinos might get closer to St Helens in the in the semi, but uh, you know semis, uh, Saint, the Saints were were far too strong. And you know the final was it was nip and tuck, wasn't it? And St Helens uh, won by two points. I guess if you play that game ten times, Catalans would win it five, and Saints would win it five. I think it was I think it was that close. Um, so um, you know they, they were they were far and above uh, I think what 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 anything, anything else in in Super League but um, you know I think Leeds will now the Rhinos will approach I'm sure they'll approach next season with some confidence you know having qualified for the uh, 
for the playoffs and um, you know got got as far as the the semi final. Um, all we can hope is that uh, we get a we get a full season in, um, you know, with uh, headingly bouncing and um, taking rhinos forward. Thank you very much, Jarrett. Um And thank you very much, Tony, for both of your inputs uh, this week's huddle. Um, please excuse my uh, rickety old voice um, having a bit of cough and chest infection. But, you know, such a trooper. I'll carry on. Um, so thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Tony. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. And um, so, yeah, all that's left to do is to say goodbye.